Welcome back to the Business Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Annie Jimenez. And oh my goodness, you guys, am I being totally transparent in this episode? This is one of the hardest episodes I've ever had to film. It's so weird, but there's this strange situation that comes up anytime I'm talking about faith. I get so nervous. I get so nervous. And in this episode, I explain why you're not going to want to miss this, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you practice religion or, um, you know, you're kind of more of a spiritual person, or maybe you're even an atheist. I want to talk about why faith is so important in business, how it's helped me, my faith journey, and some of the challenges, the real, raw, true challenges I've been going through the past two years. Um, Hopefully you can relate. Hopefully it'll be of encouragement to you. I hope it is because it's been for me. And so I wanted to share that with you today because it's one of the most requested episodes ever here on the podcast. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Business Lounge Podcast, where each week we unpack the hottest online marketing and business strategies so you can grow your business, increase your bottom line, and make a bigger impact. And now, here's your host, Kimberly Ann Jimenez. All right, so let's start at the very beginning because this seems to be the question that I get a lot when I have these conversations with you guys one-on-one, like on DMs or on the website chat. And that is, how did your faith journey begin? Where does it all start? And I have the incredible privilege and the blessing of being third, if not fourth generation Christian. I'm not exactly sure. I have to ask my dad if my great grandparents were Christians too. I think they were. Um, but I'm a third generation Christian. I grew up in the church. In fact, my dad used to be a pastor and um, that's the environment that I grew up in. So I consider myself a Christian. I'm also a seventh day Adventist, which is a denomination. So for example, like Baptist or Methodist or Pentecostal, we have denominations in the Christian faith. And so Seventh-day Adventist is one of them. And I think the thing that most people associate um, about us or kind of figure is a differentiating factor is that we worship on the Sabbath. We keep the Sabbath day, Saturday, as our day of worship. We go to church on Sabbath. Um, and Chris and I keep the Sabbath. This is why we like don't do business on Sabbath or I will pop up on Instagram stories and be like, happy Sabbath, everyone. Usually that's a telltale sign that like you're either Jewish or you are Christian and so not Christian, you're Seventh-day Adventist. So that's one of the things that a lot of you guys have been asking about. And again, like I just, I grew up in church, right? Like church was my life. We were that family that was a church Wednesdays, Friday nights, Saturdays for church. Like church was a huge deal growing up. And I did grow up in a very conservative um, church and a very conservative culture in general. I think that um, Hispanics in comparison to like, let's say Americans, we tend to be a lot more conservative with our faith and just the way that we conduct ourselves. So for me, church was a really, really amazing part of my life. I grew up, you know, going to Sabbath school and attending Pathfinders. If you know what Pathfinders is and you know what Coritos is, singing Coritos, oh my gosh, if you know what Coritos are, which are um, just uh, like just worship songs in Spanish, please let me know in the comment section below. Pathfinders is kind of like Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, but 
by the church, like if the church had Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and they're together. So it's it's like co-ed um, and you start a little bit later. So you start, I think it's I think it's at nine or 10 years old through high school and then you graduate on to medical cadets. So I loved Pathfinders. You guys, we did so much fun stuff, whether it was competing with my friends um, in all these different competitions. We had like swimming competitions and running competitions and marching band. And we had to learn all these awesome like survival skills and all these different life skills. So we took a bunch of extracurricular classes and it was awesome. We would get badges and we would have um, camperies, which was like once a year, a really big competition. That was my environment. And so everything you see, um, my business, my brand, my company, who I am as a person is a result of that environment, right? They are responsible for um, who I am as a person. And I'm just, I'm so incredibly grateful and so blessed to have had that foundation really, really early on in my life. Now, of course, it came with a lot of challenges. Uh, as most people that grow in the church, grow up in the church, there's always like the rebellious stage and particularly for pastor's kids, having that like crazy pressure all the time of everyone nitpicking like what you were to church, you know, how you conducted yourself, whether you were involved enough in church or not, um, you know, what were your group of friends? There's this constant like pressure to be perfect, right? To be a perfect believer. And we know that that's completely impossible. Like no one can be a perfect believer other than Christ. And Christ is our example. So for a long time, I wrestled with this idea of starting a business and being more visible because my environment was extremely uh, faith-based, right? I went to private school and we went to school, you know, through the church. I went to my first two years of college where in the same university that my my dad and my mom worked at. So um, my dad later became the president of that university and is still in that position today. So my whole world revolved around church. And we lived in a very vibrant environment. So we lived in a college campus. That's where I was raised. And although before that, we moved around constantly uh, because my dad kept getting reassigned to different churches. Really, the bulk of my life was growing up on a shout out to amazing. I don't know if I should say the name, but um, maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. I struggle with that. I struggle with keeping part of my life private and not telling the whole world everything about me and then also, you know, protecting my family's privacy. So anyway, I grew up in an amazing college campus and um, there were so many people that were instrumental to my growth. So I was very much exposed to a lot of academia, a lot of intellectual conversations, a lot of debate. Um, and it was really fun to have so much, so much of those resources poured into myself and my brother. And so as I as I grew and developed, there were lots of really amazing memories that I can remember. But there was also, you know, legalism, lots of rules, lots of expectations, lots of pressure. And as I became I grew up and became an adult and moved into like more of my college years, I started getting a little bit more rebellious, like I think most adults kind of go through that process. And for me, my rebellion wasn't like, you know, let's get drunk and do drugs and have sex and just be promiscuous and, you know, all the things. That really wasn't my challenge. It was more of questioning a lot of what I actually believed. 
do I believe it for myself or do I believe what my parents, you know, believe and my grandparents believe? Um, and so kind of going through that process, there is a lot of situations that um, kind of culminate culminated into me getting a little bit, you know, going astray in terms of my faith and just being more of a lukewarm Christian um, as I kind of figured out who I was in the world. And there were so many changes happening all at once in my life, it was a huge challenge and a huge struggle to identify what was my identity in Christ and and what was I being called to do. So as I became an entrepreneur and met my now husband, Chris, um, we talked a lot about, you know, faith and how important that was in our lives. And there were many ups and downs in that process. I'm talking about like a 10 year period where we would be here all day if I told you all the stories. But I think the biggest challenge for me in terms of inviting God into my business and into my career after I kind of uh, kept growing in my faith, you know, stumbled a few times, came back, repented um, and, and really tried my hardest to be more of a fervent Christian. Hey you, sorry to interrupt this episode, but did you hear? We have fan mail on the podcast, which means that now you get to text us your questions, your suggestions for future episodes, and you also get to give us feedback on what you like and don't like about the show. So from any of the episodes on your favorite podcast app, you'll see in the description right up top, it's going to say, text me a question. You can follow that link and send us a text message and we'll get it right into our podcast app, which is so amazing because now I don't have to tell you guys, hey, go follow us on Instagram and DM us your questions. You could do it right here from the show. So what are you waiting for? Ask us the question, ask for recommendations, or give us feedback on what our next episode should be all about. Like our friend from Tyler, Texas, who just wrote in and said, hey, I would love to see what it looks like to work with Kimberly. I have products that are not selling. They're great products and we can get them to the cart, but abandon it. Need help with the offer and the process. Is this something you offer? I need eyes on the price. And listen, friend from Tyler, Texas, yes, we do. And we're going to do a whole episode just answering your question because it was that good. And hey, if you want to be shouted out, if you want your questions answered, or if you're just curious about a specific topic that we cover on the show, all you have to do is follow that little link below each episode that says, text me a question and you can text us right from your mobile device. All right, back to the show. I realized a lot of really interesting things happened along the way that God used to mold who I am today as, as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as a creator. And for me, I think the biggest thing was understanding how biblical principles would apply to growing a business and wrestling with the idea that jumping into a from a very Christian environment to a hyper secular environment in my workplace, in my career, you know, in, in this entrepreneurial journey was a massive shock to my system. So I knew that I was called to, to the marketplace. I knew I wasn't called to ministry like my parents. Um, but it was a very weird transition where I always never in a million years thought I would go into business, never thought I would be an entrepreneur. I was far too introverted, far too shy, far too, um, I don't know, groomed for the corporate world in, you know, coming from a background of academia. 
And so jumping into entrepreneurship not only challenged every freaking limiting belief I have ever had as a person, it also challenged my faith in a lot of ways because I feel like, you know, in church we have this interesting, I think underlining, uh, maybe it's a teaching, maybe it's just a notion um, that we can't really be successful there's like a shame, right, around making money or a shame around growing a business because that means it takes the focus out of Jesus and puts it in you. And I understand that because growing a business requires you to market yourself. It requires you to to really grow a business. You have to push yourself like crazy. You have to be very aware of, you know, things like your numbers and going after a particular milestone of profit aggressively isn't necessarily what is commonly associated with like Christianity. And so my whole life, I never really had that example of someone who was in business, but conducted themselves in a Christian way, but was were still massively successful and built the kingdom through their business. So for me, I felt pressure on both ends. On the secular stage, right? Let's say the business world or the marketplace, I felt like it would hurt me to talk about my face because, um, and I think Sean Cannell actually did a podcast episode. I only watched a quick clip and I loved how he explained this because it's something that I can relate to as well. Um, I felt like it would hurt my business. I felt like if I talked about Jesus, people would be turned off and they would tell me that I was being preachy and they would reject the gospel altogether and I would be a bad example um, or stumbling block. And I remember every time I would talk about my faith or, you know, about Jesus, someone would comment and say, and this was usually on social media or on YouTube and say something like, you know, I liked everything except what you said about God, or I liked everything except this is too preachy, or I enjoyed that strategy, but let's please keep it about business. And so those negative comments, because I was so immature in my walk and I was so immature as a person, those, and not that I'm super mature now, like I'm still growing y'all, like, come on, like this is a journey. Um, Not the spiritual leader mentor that a lot of people uh, want me to be. But um, in this process, it really solidified that emotion, that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I am turning people off and maybe I am being a stumbling block and I don't want to turn people off and I don't want them to not like me. That was what I was thinking. And so as I went and I grew and I continued to figure out, you know, not figure out, but really just feel that tug of war between my faith and between what it was that I wanted to represent in my brand. It was such a painful area of my life because I always felt like, yes, I do talk, you know, in passing about being a Christian because that's what I had seen my mentors model, but I didn't know how to really show that right to you guys, how to show that in, in, on social media, how to talk about it on the podcast, on YouTube, there was always that tension. And so behind the scenes, right, Chris and I are constantly like praying over our business decisions. We're tithing and being extremely faithful to what God asks. And guys, if I if you take anything away from this episode is tithing is such an incredible business strategy. It really is. I think it's one of the only times where God openly invites us to challenge him to 
maybe not challenge him, but test him. Um, and, and I don't remember what the exact Bible verse says, and I'm translating it here because I know it in, in Spanish, but I was, I grew up to, my parents were constantly talking to me about tithing and I have seen their faithfulness reflected in my generation, reflected in my life because there were times that I was not faithful, but God was still faithful because of my parents' faithfulness, because of my grand grandparents' faithfulness, because they tied when, tithed when they couldn't, and they still went and they were faithful to God. And God has expanded those blessings into my generation, into me and my brother's generation like crazy. And I'm getting so emotional telling you this because... God is so powerful and so good. And so one of the main things that Chris and I uh, established early on in our marriage was like, we have to tithe, even when we're broke, even when we're this close to declaring bankruptcy, even when like our attorneys and our business friends are telling us like, you guys need to just declare bankruptcy. We are still going to tithe. We don't care what happens. We're going to be faithful. And so I think the verse says something like, um, Test me in this and see if I don't open the floodgates of heaven and pour down blessings until they overabound. And that is exactly what our life has been like. There has been so many ups and downs, so many challenges, so many moments when we thought we're not going to make it. This is it. This is it. And God has made a way where there was no way. I should not be here speaking to you today. I should not have a microphone. I should not have a platform. I should not be here at all alive whatsoever. There were times when God literally saved my life and there were times when he provided the means so that I could continue moving forward in my career when there were none, when there literally there were all the doors were closed. I had no option but to quit and give in. God made a way every single time. And I know that's a result of faithfulness. I know that's a result of us making that covenant with God and making that commitment and saying, it doesn't matter what we go through. God's portion is first because he is the king of the universe. This is not our money. This is money that we're stewarding. He owns the universe. He is the God of creation. And he will enable us to figure out a way to pay for the other things that we need to pay off, right? Whether it's rent or, you know, groceries or paying the phone bill, et cetera, et cetera. And so as we've gone through this crazy journey of being faithful and having God at the center of what we do behind the scenes where you guys couldn't see it, but you know, we're praying for our, uh, our employees, for our team members. We are, we do prayer requests. We, we share faith as a team. Um, we all come from different denominations, different backgrounds, different countries, but that's something that brings us together. And so we pray you know, for each other and we bless each other and we really try as much as we can to use our Christian principles to help really mold the business and mold the company as a whole. But then all of that is happening behind the scenes. And at the same time, I'm struggling with how to actually communicate that to you guys. I'm struggling with how to say what I think is true and to stand up for moral like moral values that stem from Christianity, right? Because I believe that the actual source of morality comes from God. And so in what he says in his word, and you might agree or you might disagree with that. I know that's a big you know point of contention, particularly these days, but 
that's where I was. And that's where I still am still trying to figure that out. And so that push and pull and that tension was such a big challenge. And I think it all really came to a head um, the last few years. Of course, I think honestly, as we come almost to the two year mark of um, the pandemic beginning and lockdowns ensuing and social unrest and these crazy things that we've seen the last almost two years, it really was a massive wake up call for me, as I think it has been for so many of us. I think we're in this together where there's we're experiencing this like massive revival. And I think the reason for that is because the natural world um, is starting to experience and, and the veil is starting to be lifted on the spiritual realm. And we're seeing this tug of war between good and evil, lightness and darkness. And so I feel this. I felt and I still feel this incredible sense of responsibility of like, wow, I really need to make sure that my spirituality is on point, that I'm growing in my faith, that I'm growing in my walk, that I'm surrounding myself with godly, righteous people who can continue to mentor me and to stir me in the right direction. Because really up until this point, um, I had Christian mentors, but they didn't really lead with Jesus, right? They led with business strategies and business principles. And I had so much wisdom and I really thank them, even if they weren't Christians, I gleaned so much from them. And I don't believe that you should only, you know, surround yourself with Christian mentors, but it's extremely important. It was something that was really missing in my life um, and in my development as an entrepreneur. And so as I'm healing a lot of these limiting beliefs, as I'm as I'm coming to terms with how do I want to represent Christ in my business? How do I invite Jesus into, into my walk as much as I can? I'm going and, and learning, right, how to do all these things. I'm starting to invite more and more people into my life that are speaking truth, that are speaking wisdom, even when it's painful, right? And they're, they're coming at it from a biblical perspective. They're coming from it, at it from a Christian background. And that has been so challenging and so incredible for me to see what God is doing in my life. I feel, I felt this like crazy calling on my life to, to speak up and speak out and, and not just a calling, but you guys were demanding it. You know, I had so many people in my DMs, in my emails, on chat because they're afraid to do it in public, right? Talk to me about what, what do you see? What do you see? How, how do you, how does this particular issue that we're experiencing as society breaks down, as we're seeing so much darkness in culture, how, what do you think about this issue and this issue and this issue and this issue? And the grand majority, I feel like, of our audience um, isn't Christian, right? Necessarily Christian. Or maybe they are, but they're kind of going through the same challenges that we are. And so it really challenged me to start digging into the word, not not because um, there was some kind of, you know, ulterior motive, but because I wanted to hear what does God say about this issue? Not what does Kim say or what does Kim feel or what does Kim think? But what does the word say? What does God think about this issue and what does he say? And so as social issues came up, as cultural issues came up, as political issues came up and all these questions were coming in, not just from you guys here on the free side of our business, but our clients and our customers and our members inside the business lounge, it was a big, big, big growth moment for me. I was like, my goodness, 
this is an area of weakness in my life. I need to double down on the Bible. I need to understand exactly what doctrine says. I need to figure out where I stand on these issues and then be able to communicate it in a way that doesn't carry condemnation or judgment because we have been raised as millennials, as this generation. We've been raised to think, and I read this in Jordan Peterson's book. It's so uh, 12 Rules for Life. He is so on point and so on target when he says this. We, this generation, right? The the greatest, um, I guess, sin that has been uh, done to this generation is is making us believe that as millennials, the worst thing we could be is judgmental. And the reality is, we need to use judgment. Right. Like their judgment helps us figure out what is right and what is wrong. Now, when we share condemnation, that's a different story. But I think that society and culture has really groomed us to believe any time. Right. That there is an issue. There is no black or white. There is no wrong or right. There's just what your truth is and what you believe is right. And so I never felt like that was right. There was a calling on my life and a sense of incredible urgency to figure out what does God say? Forget your opinions. Forget my opinions. Forget my feelings and your feelings. What is right? And so I think that the more society and the more culture tries to intermingle them and tries to tell us that there is no right or wrong, there is no light or darkness, that everyone lives in their own world and in their own gray area according to their feelings, and that everyone lives their truth, you start to see erosion and you start to see confusion and you start to see the the result of that ensue in absolute chaos and lack of integrity and a lack of moral values. And so it was really a point for me where I had to draw a land, had to draw a land in the sand, (laughs) had to draw a line in the sand and say, this is what I believe in. And this is what God says. And this is, I believe this because this is what God says. And really stop, like divorce myself from the need of needing or wanting to be liked from the need of wanting to be respected, from the need of wanting to have influence and a platform. And I think that that's the point that we're at in Christianity. And I I, I watched this pastor speak on this um, recently, and I think he put it beautifully. He was talking about how, as Christians, we believe that there's neutrality, right? That we can go into a secular space, like, for example, the marketplace and business, and that we don't need to bring Jesus with us, right? Jesus stays at the door and our faith stays at the door. And I have been guilty of this in my business and in my life. And so when I share this with you, it's not with judgment and it's not with condemnation. I'm talking about my journey and where I see a lot of us uh, kind of really struggle and head in the wrong direction. And so when we feel, right, that we have to um, act a certain way, talk a certain way, say certain things, because we're actually more concerned with getting likes and getting shares and getting comments and building our audience. And we feel the need, right, to bow down to things like political correctness and affirm culture and really lay down what our principles are for the sake of society's feelings and emotions, we cannot be blessed. We cannot. 
we literally have to understand that we have a choice to make. And so the Bible talks a lot about this, right? You cannot serve two masters. And it's interesting how we know this as Christians, but at least in my experience, we come to business and we feel like because we don't lead with Jesus, because we don't talk about Jesus as our main job, right? Because we don't lead with Jesus because we're not a ministry, because we're the marketplace, that somehow that means that it's okay for us to leave Jesus at the door, that it's okay for us to placate to whatever big tech is saying, to placate to whatever, you know, politics wants us to to, to say or do, that it's okay for us to not really worry about how we are leading our lives and the example that we're setting for the next generation, because this is a secular marketplace and it's a neutral place. But that is not true. As we have seen, there is no safe space. Okay, cancel culture will come for everyone and anyone, no matter what you say or what you don't say, because that is literally how it works. We have to understand. And this is this is where I really want to encourage you. This is not where I'm condemning you. This is where I'm encouraging you to stand up to figure out exactly where you play a role in building God's kingdom, whether it's leading with Jesus or not, right? Maybe you lead with content, maybe you lead with business like I do. And so your mission is to build the next generation of godly entrepreneurs, of people who love God and can be wildly successful so they hold positions of influence, right? So that they lead with morality and with integrity wherever they go. And so that is my personal mission. But whether you lead with Jesus or or not, I think it's so imperative and so important that we understand that we are at a crossroads. As Christians, we're living in a time where society and culture are decaying at a rate that I don't think we've ever seen. And, and really, more than that, perhaps what we're seeing is the veil being lifted. And so for the first time, we're actually seeing what darkness really looks like. And as we face all these challenges in culture, all these challenges in society, all these challenges in the marketplace, and even in politics, I mean, it's a complete 360 of issues that we take a stand and that we stand for what God says, that we stop playing small and that we stop hiding from our faith. Because at the end of the day, if we feel that we can hide forever, we are so mistaken. There will come a time in your business and in your journey where you will have to make a decision, where you will have to say, do I want to be liked? Do I want to be, you know, praised and influenced and promoted and and exalted and and cheered on by the world? Or do I want to stand for what God says and trust that he will make a way? Because I get all these messages all the time and people are like, I'm so proud of you for standing up. I'm so proud of you for speaking up about what you believe in. I wish that I could be you. I wish that I could talk about things, but my business is really small, but I'm in the infancy stages. And so my response to that is clear. If you think that it's easier to speak up when you have already established a company and when you have, you know, tons of influence and thousands of clients and customers and a large following in comparison to what you have now, you are gravely mistaken. It is a lot easier to lose 300 followers and maybe 30 clients than it is to lose 300,000 followers and 3,000 clients. It's a lot easier to speak up now in faith 
and talk about your values and bring and invite Jesus into your business and be an example and a light to the world than it is to do it after you have built an audience of people that maybe are not aligned with your values and then speak up after the fact. That is hard. So as you grow your business, no matter where you are in in your you know workplace or in your journey, whether you're just starting out and you're working a full-time job and maybe your business is a side hustle or you've been at it for a while and you're already at the scale stage and you're ready to level up, I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you to bring Jesus into your business. Whether that is making sure that you're tithing and asking God in prayer to show you how you can stretch your faith and how you can really rise up to the calling that he is is bringing you to or right that looks like sharing more of your faith in your platforms and talking about your particular moral values i think the world is not afraid to scream at our face what they believe in right the world has no problem telling us what we should do and what we shouldn't do and what is socially acceptable and what is not socially acceptable the world has no problem defining their doctrine that's ever changing and never uh you know, never clear. Why do we as Christians have a problem speaking about what we're convicted of, about our faith, about our values, about what we believe is right? And so we've come to a place, particularly online, where I feel like people are really scared. Like there's a lot of fear driving this. And so to that, I would say, if you are so afraid that you're going to lose business and you're going to lose followers, I'm here to tell you that will happen inevitably. There will come a time in your business where something is going to happen that someone did not like or someone did not enjoy and you will be attacked. That's what happens. That's what happens when you're a leader. That's what we are here to do. We're leaders. And whether you're a Christian or not, you have seen this. You know that as a leader, you will be attacked and criticized and demonized for something at some point. There is no escaping that. That is the price and the cost of being a leader. But as a Christian, that will happen probably tenfold. And so if you expect that you can hide forever right behind the scenes, telling the world that you agree with them or, you know, checking all of your political correctness boxes or placating to whatever is in vogue these days, it really is a foolish mistake because there will come a time where you have to decide, right? Will I actually speak up? Will I contend with the consequences of losing clients and losing customers and pissing people off? Or Will I keep trying to hide? And inevitably, there will come a time where regardless, I will lose clients and customers and because I can't make everyone happy because the world will constantly change its doctrine because you will never fit into what the social norms are. That's the reality. OK, you can never just continuously adapt and change to whatever the world wants. And that's what we're seeing with so much. So many corporations, so many businesses right now are just like, yeah, whatever is in trend, whatever is in vogue, let's use it to market. And so people are like, oh, look how good they're doing social good. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yeah, social justice. And it's like, are you really do those companies actually care or are they doing it to check their box? Ninety nine times out of 100, they're doing it to check their box. And when the tide changes, their their narrative will change as well. So I want to make sure that I am sharing with you and encouraging you to stand up now do it now. It'll be so much easier. That doesn't mean that you have to go and just, you know, uh, preach on the corner unless that's what God is calling you to do. Right. That doesn't mean that you have to go and like just completely blow up your relationships with your clients because you're being 
incredibly annoying and you're preaching 24 seven and you're condemning and you're judging. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you should figure out a way in which you can weave your morals and your values as a Christian into your business. And I can't tell you what that looks like. That is you and God in prayer. That's how you figure that out. And that's how you, you got to be resilient and you got to, you got to keep praying about it. You got to keep acting on it, right? I think that as we, we encounter a new era and a new stage in which the world uh, will never be what it was before, right? We have come to uh, a real huge uh, fork in the road where there is a clear distinction into, um, you know, what we advocate for and what we're against. That's the reality. There will never be a time that you will not have to face a fear or a challenge. And if you're not leaning on God, if you're not trusting God, if you're not believing that your father is the God of the universe who owns everything in this world and that he will provide the means for you to complete the assignment, you're going to live a really miserable life. And that's how I've experienced entrepreneurship. I have been afraid for so many years of what people think or what they say. And, you know, I think that's that's a process for all young entrepreneurs. But as I've matured and as I've grown my walk and as I I have matured in my business and as I've received more and more and more criticism and more scrutiny and people have said really horrible things about me and, you know, gone through so many ups and downs and so many challenges, you start realizing that God is a good father. He is who he is. And if we're faithful and we do our part, he will do his. That's the reality. So I wanted to close with this and just let you know that my hope for you is that you answer the calling. I believe that God is moving in incredible ways, particularly in this season, as I believe we're living, if not the beginning, we're somewhere headed towards the end times. And so these last days are going to be completely challenging. We've seen what has happened the last two years, but also there's an incredible positive side of this, which is that like me and like so many of us, we're starting to awaken to the reality that faith plays such an important role in our lives and that we need to arm ourselves with spiritual, right, spiritual shields that will enable us to operate in a secular marketplace and bring light into that place, that we can operate with love, that we can lead with love and with kindness, and that we can be an accurate reflection of who Christ is calling us to be as his body. And so I hope that you will answer that calling. I hope that you will sit down in prayer and that you would ask God to show you what his will is for your life and what your role is in building the kingdom. I hope that you feel complete alignment between your business and your calling as an entrepreneur and your faith and your calling as a Christian. And I hope really, truly that you rise up with courage and with boldness. And every time I encounter a challenge or I encounter a particular problem um, in my business, I remember this verse that is so incredibly important. I pulled it out for you guys is Esther's story. And if you have not read Esther's story, please, please, please read. It's such a powerful depiction of a woman of faith facing a life or death challenge and leaning boldly into her calling, regardless of the consequences. So this is Mordecai speaking to Esther and encouraging her. And this is why I think 
think it's so important that we surround ourselves with people who encourage our walk, encourage boldness, encourage courage, right? Um, He says, if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place. But you and your father's family will be destroyed. Who knows? Perhaps you've come to your royal position for such a time as this. And that is such a goosebump moment for me because as we think about the time that we're living in, I believe that each and every one of us was selected to be alive during this season, during these times. And so who knows if God has called you to the position that you're in right now for such a time as this, to be light and not darkness, to really show a dark and suffering and crumbling world, the hope and the joy that we share as Christians. So I'm going to end with that. I hope that this was helpful. It's my prayer that it is. And um, I hope that you enjoyed it. Would you let me know in the comments below as well as on Instagram or anywhere where we chat, right? Email or website chat box, whatever is easiest for you. Would you let me know? Was this a topic that was helpful? Would you like me to talk more about inviting Jesus into your business with maybe some more practical strategies? And do you have any questions? Let me know in the comment section. Let me know um, in DMs. Um, I know that this is probably going to be an episode that might trigger some people and that's okay. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And I will see you in the next one. Bye for now. So you know how building an online business can be totally overwhelming. You're probably learning new strategies from YouTube, other blogs, podcasts, and taking courses that are all great, but sometimes give you contradictory and even confusing advice. I get it. It's hard to filter through which strategies you should be implementing right now to grow your online business versus the ones that you should stow away for the future, you know, when you're actually ready to implement them. And that's exactly why we designed the online success path. Inside, we broke down the six stages of a successful online business. Validate, launch, hustle, breakthrough, profit, and scale. And we designed a complete roadmap inside the Business Lounge membership just for you. Inside each stage, you will find a step-by-step action guide tailored to the specific challenges you'll encounter during the stage of business you are currently at, complete with getting started tips so you can know exactly what to expect, video tutorials so that you can implement new strategies, action items so you stay on track, plus full-blown courses to help you focus only on the tasks that will accelerate your progress right now and take you to the next level in your business journey while keeping you accountable and overwhelm free. So if you're ready to take your online business to the next level, get started at jointhebelounge.com. And hey, we're interrupting the show real quick just to tell you about the sponsor of this episode. If you want to finally stop ghosting your audience, 
for good and move away from inconsistency with your content creation, we have the perfect solution for you. It's our brand new content calendar playbook, and it's chock full of over 200 plus caption starters, done for you social media post prompts, and over 70 pages of templates and resources and tools so that you know exactly what to say to keep your audience engaged, excited, and coming back for more consistently. Listen, you know that your content has been a problem for a while. And if that's the case, it's time to get off your booty and actually do something about it. Just for our podcast listeners, you can go over to contentcalendarplaybook.com. That's contentcalendarplaybook.com and get an incredible deal on 90 days of plus of content strategy that's done for you. You're going to absolutely love this new resource. And I know it's going to make a huge difference with helping you stay consistent with your content creation and getting back in the game when it comes to attracting attention for your business. Alrighty, back to the show.